is Rockin' Vino, the podcast about wine and music and how the two go so well together. Find new episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever podcasts are offered. Find the show online at rockinvino.com and on social media at rockinvino. How's it going? I'm Coco. And this is Mike. And this is Rockin' Vino, the podcast where we talk about wine and music and sometimes food and all the good stuff. And we're still alive. I mean, yeah. I mean, are we? I don't know. So usually these past few months would be filled with uh, episodes about festivals and <laughs> summer concerts and all the bands we want to see and, and talking to a lot of bands and spending the summer outside. And uh, this year, not so much. Everything is locked up. <laughs> it, was, it was really sad because this was supposed to be a pretty epic uh, year for concerts and reunions and all that fun stuff. Yeah, basically every festival is like, hey, we're going to pick our best lineup this year. Yeah. And we're just going to tease you with it and right. then just keep pushing it back until one day you'll be able to do it. It's okay. 2021 is <laughs> coming at us right quick. <laughs> Hopefully that's a good thing. <laughs> true, true. So uh, yeah, we are we are back and back with a vengeance, back or something. I don't know some phrase. Dun dun dun. <laughs> uh, but uh, a cool uh, a cool guest to join us on the. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't want to say like the last show of 2020, but or the first of 2021, depending on when <laughs> it, when it runs. Uh, but we have uh, Jen Janet with us, a Bay Area musician involved in a lot of different bands, does so many different things. So this is gonna. I think, we have a lot to cover. Multi-talented, yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I have, um, because it's rock and vino, I have a little glass of wine here, too. I love hey. it. Love it. What are you drinking, my dear? I see it's a red mm-hmm. wine. That's amazing. Yes. So, you, you might know about this already, but Snoop Dogg has partnered with 19 Crimes. Yes. I just learned of this. I was actually, I saw on your blog that you um, you did a write-up of his wine, so I'm super stoked that you're drinking that right now. Yep, it's actually really good. It's it's like, it's very cheap, um, <laughs> but it's actually really good. It's sweet and it's very light-bodied, and I like it a lot. It's very smooth. What is the, like, what are the, what's the fruit in there? Is that like Cabernet Sauvignon, or like, is it a blend? Um, I actually forget. I just read this earlier. Let's see. Either way, it's uh, delicious. It's not saying so far. No, I'm not sure. I'll take a look later. Cool. Well, it must be like a blend then if it doesn't like say on the bottle specifically. Usually that determines that it's like a blend. Yeah, it's a red blend. Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, how much was that bottle of wine? Um, I don't remember. I think it was around $10 though and it was at like... Safeway Perfect. or something. I'm going to go look for that when, I'm, when we're done yeah. here. I'm going to get me a bottle of some Snoop Dogg red wine. I would like to picture Snoop Dogg, the winemaker, like he's <laughs> walking into the vines and like testing the fruit and like, yeah, this is this is the one. <laughs> he could do that with Martha Stewart on that show. Did That's he? A- no, he could. Like, that would be a great idea. Oh. <laughs> I, don't I don't think he has. That would be amazing. Yes. I, I'm not sure there are many industries that he hasn't like dipped his toe into at least. So, <laughs> so it's not totally surprising that he has his own wine, but I, I'm all for it. Me too. And it's good. Hell yeah. That's what we need. It's just good wine, good cheap wine, good affor- affordable <laughs> wine, right? Like affordable is a better word to say. And now let's, um, 
Let's hit a little bit of sort of, of your background. Who Who is Jen Janet, so to speak? Um, you're, as we mentioned at the top, I mean, involved in a lot of different bands, a lot of music, a lot of different projects. You, was there kind of a first love that you started with? Was it music first? What 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 uh, what was the first thing that you kind of latched onto? Um, yeah, I was definitely singing. So I've been singing since I was four. Um, and I just sang in school for a while. And then I joined choirs and stuff like that around my state and in my region. Um, I'm originally from Massachusetts. So I was in the Rhode Island Children's Chorus for a while. That's how I learned how to sing. Um, and then when I went to college, I joined a band. I, I created a band um, with another guitarist that I met in school and that band was called blind revision um and then we ended up doing a lot of festivals on the east coast and things like that we toured a little bit and now i'm in california of course and i moved right when the pandemic started so not the the best time um so i really wanted to be like a lot more integrated into the bay area scene uh, by this point, but I obviously, because of live shows not being around, I couldn't be. So um, I was hoping to be, you know, playing live here and, and doing more things, um, you know, just networking and things like that, just meeting other musicians, but that hasn't really happened too much. Um, so because of that, I've been focusing on just writing a lot of music. Um, so I'm very proud to say that in 2021, for the first half of the year i'll be releasing a new single pretty much every month just for the first like five months ish awesome Um, yeah so i I have a lot of material because i've been writing a lot this whole time so i i guess i could say like the good thing about the pandemic not that there's really a good thing but (laughs) for for some creative people i've heard people say this a good thing could be that there's a lot more free time for some of them to focus on the things that they're passionate about even if it you know, even if it kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> There's always so. a silver lining, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, I've in a few interviews I've done, I've asked you know musicians how they've handled going through the pandemic, and mm-hmm. it's surprising that the answers vary so much mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you know, did, in, in some cases it made people write more. In some cases, it turned people off completely, and they're just like, I didn't want to do anything music related. I just wanted to sit at home and do nothing. So in your case, it sounds like it, it made you uh, more interested in either you know, writing, creating, um, you know, diving into that end more. Yeah. Um, for me, I would say it was more positive than negative. Um, I was definitely very motivated, especially in the beginning, like March, April, May. Um, I wrote a lot of material during that time. Um for me, it, it was, I mean, where is this going in a year? That was definitely gone, but like just being present in the moment and writing things, that was totally fine. Um, and I agree. I, I think a lot of musicians feel either that way or the total opposite where they're like, oh my God, I'm so depressed. I can't do anything because they don't have that big picture at all. So, um, I do think it varied a lot. I mean, I feel weird being like, oh, it was great, because that's not, that's not really true either. I certainly had like good days and bad days, but I did feel like I had a lot more time to be productive. I also had a lot of time to reflect on like what I actually want, because I've noticed 
a lot of musicians, even at like bigger levels, like people who are on labels and stuff, a lot of musicians, I think, kind of lose sight of what their actual goals really are. And they'll just like do things because they saw, you know, their favorite artists do the same thing. And then they'll do that for a while and then realize, oh, wait, I don't even actually like doing that thing very much. (laughs) So I think that was like pretty helpful for me to just think about like, okay, where do I really want to be in like five years? You know, what are my goals with music? Um, And ultimately, I mean, I just want to grow and, and get people, more people listening to my music and, you know, that that's really it. It's, it's very simple. Um, but I think a lot of people just kind of like lose sight of that and they just keep doing things over and over again without really like understanding why, like some people love touring, for example, and some people hate touring. And I think that's like an example of something that some musicians might just do because they assume that's what they should do. You know, Mm. that makes sense. Now you also did, uh, you were uh, able to release a couple tracks this, uh, this year, uh, a lot of a lot of different influences in it. there's there's some rock influence and some kind of pop electronic influence are there artists that um kind of shaped your sound along um for for where yeah. where you're at now yeah um i yeah i would definitely say it doesn't really probably doesn't sound like exactly like anything because I listen to a lot of different types of music. Um, so for all my solo stuff released like as Jen Janet, um, I would say some of my biggest influences are, um, Poppy Paris, a lot of like alternative rock that has, you know, like an electronic, more modern production. Bring Me the Horizon, definitely their new stuff, I think is really, really cool and interesting. I'm obsessed um, with them. I love them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because a lot of people who listen to them first, like when they first started out, they'll be like, oh yeah, I hate them now. But like now they've gained this new fan base because of how they changed their sound. And I personally love it. I think it's really cool. I think they're a great example of a band that is changing they're you know, evolving as time with the goes times, on. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I really like that um, kind of like modern production, but still having, you know, guitars and, and real instruments and stuff like that in there. Um, but yeah, I, I love I love what Poppy's doing too. I think she perfectly blends like really soft singing with heavy, um, heavy instrumentals. And it's funny because like I've wanted to make music similar to that for years and I only discovered her music like maybe a year ago. So I was like, oh, my God, she's doing like everything that I wanted to do. And I just I think it's really, really cool. It is. It's it's uh, she's she's um, I mean, she's blown up like in the last year or two, I would say, mm-hmm. like with her style and um, just her evolution of what she started as and then what she is now. So um, mm-hmm. do, does your music, would you say, are you kind of drawing her as an influence for for future for future songs? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, there's one song that I did. I haven't said anything about it, like on social media or anything, because it's not um, it's not being released until much later in 2021. Um, but I actually did it with Alan Day, the guitarist of Four Year Strong, mm-hmm. and he he made this song. I I gave him the song, like stuff I wrote, and then he turned it into this like amazing weird like metal 
um, electronic extravaganza <laughs> thing. <laughs> and it, it definitely reminded me of Poppy a lot. Um, and I, I had cited that as like one of my influences to him, but he just like totally just took it and made it amazing. So that's, that's not in 2021 so i'm very happy about that um but yeah it was it like it has like metal breakdowns and then very electronic like beats and like it's just it's very cool it's very very cool i like blending that kind of thing absolutely yeah i I feel like rock and even more harder rock has sort of found its place now a little bit in a way I, i think there was a time when these bands wanted to mix in maybe either pop or electronic elements and it, it, it they were sort of figuring it out. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I think what you're hearing now, I think we mentioned it's like a bring me the horizon where they can have this really heavy, intense song with so many different, whether it's either, you know, a really melodic song or, you know, a really like electronic element that I, I think bands have found ways of, keeping songs that are aggressive, but mixing in different influences. And I think they've kind of found their footing on that now. It's nice like that um, with bring me the horizon, like I think their new stuff, the new, this new EP that they just released is a, is a, it's a perfect fusion of their, the sound when they started and then their evolution with ammo and, um, you know, just their, their new sound essentially. I love it. Great. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely heavy aspects of it, um, which definitely kind of brings it back to, you know, where they started. But yeah, and I love all the guests too. They have a lot of guests on that album. They, they do. Awesome. Yeah. Who's your favorite? What's your favorite on the song or on the on the album? Um. So I think I would have to say, Baby Metal. So I I wasn't really a huge fan of them mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. for a while. Um. And then I just, I really liked that song with Bring Me the Horizon. I think it just like perfectly, um, you know, demonstrated like that what they do and then what Bring Me the Horizon does. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't have expected them to work together, but it, I think it worked really well. So yeah, I like that one. Totally. Absolutely. And you've, so you've toured with some, some pretty big bands, Motionless and White, The Amity Affliction, Devil Driver, um, who, uh, you know, with those bands that you've toured with, um, who's been like the most inspiring to you? Um, have any of those bands kind of taken you under their wing as, as, um, as like the headliner and kind of showed you the ropes? Um, so most of those were more like festivals that we did actually. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would love to go on like a full national tour with, (laughs) with like motionless and white or something. Um, but unfortunately that has not happened yet. Um, I used to do a lot of festivals with my previous band. So that was how we got to that point. Um, I would have to say, um, so revocation is actually, they're a, a metal band from Boston that we performed with and they were super, super nice, like very, very chill people. Um, so they were awesome to hang out with. And then, um, in terms of like who I would want to, I guess, like work with more, um, I think I would say motionless and white because they're very, 
theatrical, and I think that they're also a band that kind of keeps up with the times, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. And they're not, you know, they're not afraid of like changing what they're doing um, if it's something that they really want to do. That's what it seems like, anyway. Um, so I think, you know, in, in the future, if I could work with them, that would be cool. They're also originally East Coast people as well. Um, but yeah, the show that we did with them was awesome. It was at um, the Worcester Palladium for the Rock and Shock Festival, which unfortunately is not happening anymore, but it was an annual horror festival and they had like, um, you know, horror movie actors and stuff come through and sign autographs and it was like a big convention. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, it was so cool. It was really fun. Um, Another year also, the Rock and Shock had, um, I don't know if you know these bands, but uh, Neobla Viscaris, they're from Australia. And they're one of my favorite bands. Um, and I did get to talk to some of them at the show. And um, they were also super nice. I would love to, to work with them eventually someday. Um, they have a violinist. And they have a clean vocalist and, like, a harsh, heavier vocalist, too. Love that. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful blend, in my opinion, to have, like, the, you know, the heavy and then the soft um, to balance it out. I've always loved that style. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've had some really good interactions with all of them. I can say I've never, I've never had like a bad interaction with anyone that I've shared the stage with who is bigger, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. (laughs) Now you also recently had a, uh, a song played on, on Sirius XM, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, that was really cool. So my band, um, Novarium, they're, a gothic metal band they um so together we released a song christian woman so it's a cover of the typo negative song christian mm-hmm. woman mm-hmm. and it ended up on sirius xm on rotation i guess they do um they do like a covers segment i didn't even know that i like i had listened to it but i didn't know that they actually did a just a segment that was only covers um and actually i don't even know like how it ended up there it just i guess it just ended up there and it was pretty cool so a lot of people are actually finding that band now um so i joined novarium i think it was it was about two or three years ago they um they're originally from the baltimore maryland area and then they uh they went to salem on tour and my band ended up opening for them um and that's how we met and we just stayed friends and they needed a vocalist at one point so um yeah, we released uh, an EP together, uh, so that's available now. I think there's like five songs. That's um, awesome. But yeah. So yeah. you've been so you've been into music for a while, like you said. You've been singing since you were four. When did you find your love of like metal and hard rock? So that came a little bit later. Um, so I grew up actually with like pop and hip hop because that was just what what people listen to, um, in my family. I, I was really influenced a lot by pop and hip hop because of my cousin. Um, she was a year older than me and she was always like really into music too. Um, so I didn't really discover like heavier music that wasn't on the radio Mm -hmm. until I was maybe like 14 or 15. Um, and even then it was like hard to find because I mean, it, it wasn't like Spotify, could show you things. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, that was still like the end of the MySpace era too. And I didn't even know at the time that MySpace was like 
people found music on MySpace. I, I really didn't know that. Um, <laughs> I was from like a small town too. So like there weren't, it's not like my school had a thousand kids to like talk to and learn about music from. So um, I ended up finding some of my favorite bands through like friends who had been to Warp Tour and told me about them. Um, so, it, I mean, it was kind of weird because I thought the world of heavy music was like very small. And I learned obviously in a few years, like later than that, that it, it was quite big and there were tons of bands doing stuff. So it's still um, underground, I would say. I mean, kind of, right? Like, it's still a it's still a genre that is underappreciated in the grand scheme of things. Like, you know, you you watch the Grammys, and I think maybe like one um, category covers the rock world or whatever. And even if it is, it's like not even on the show. It's right. so sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and there's so many bands like. I mean, at the local level, there's people creating, you know, rock or metal all the time. And in my opinion, I mean, I could be very biased just because I'm more in that community. But like, it looks like there's more people doing that than creating like, you know, light rock or or um, pop bands and stuff like that. I, I mean, I don't know. That's just that's what it looks like to me. So it's really interesting that the mainstream is still very much not you know, in favor of playing metal or hard rock. Um, but yeah, I, I discovered it kind of late, I think, um, compared to some of my friends. And then once I was in college, it, you know, it became a lot easier for me to find the music that I really liked. And, um, yeah, it, it was definitely like kind of a journey <laughs> in a way. Um, even just figuring out like what kind of music I wanted to make, as a solo artist, that was a really interesting experience because I, even though I was in a music community for a long time, I just kind of felt like no one was making music that sounded like what I really wanted, mm-hmm. which was kind of exciting and cool. Like, cause then it's like, Oh, here's an opportunity. But it was, it was a little lonely sometimes too. It's when, a, when like, a lot of people don't get it and can't give you the feedback that you're like looking for. Yeah, even finding people to work with, like some producers that I meet are really great with metal, but in terms of like the electronic or the pop influence, they don't really get that. Mm. It's either that or it'll be like a producer who understands the electronic side, but not what to do with like heavy guitars or something. So mm. it's really interesting. Like the people that I've found are awesome. So I'm, I'm going to keep working with them for a long time, but it was definitely like hard to find people that kind of understood what I was going for. So I have two questions for you. The first one is in sinker backstreet boys. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Um that's hard. I guess I would say in sync. Yes. But both are pretty cool. <laughs> that's true, it's true. I'm a hardcore in sync fan. I love them. If they ever got back together yeah. I would drop all my money on a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then my second question is, what was like the first rock band that like did it for you that you were just like, I'm obsessed. I need to learn more and I need to get in this scene. Um, so maybe not necessarily in the scene, but Joan Jett was really inspirational to me as a kid um, because she had a very has a very, you know, gravelly voice, um, very grungy she just kind of like 
didn't really care. <laughs> you know, she just wanted to do whatever she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, her rock songs are just like, they're just fun, you know, like they're just great. <laughs> they're they're simple there's not i i know like from a musician perspective there it's not like it's you know progressive rock or anything but um that particular like joan jett and the black hearts that particular band i think they did a lot for women in music and just showing that like you know we can just sound however we want and that was a really big deal at the time um and i, I just hadn't really heard a female vocal at that time that sounded like that so yeah, I would definitely say Joan Jett. <laughs> yeah, she's a badass for sure. She definitely has paved paved the way for a lot of female musicians. Absolutely. And now being in such the odd time that we are, do, do you give thought to what a live show looks like, what the what a live band looks like, or is that sort of too far down the horizon to even kind of visualize? Yeah, um, that's a really difficult question um i have seen a lot of people do drive-in uh like little drive-in shows um i know a couple of artists that i follow a lot uh who are in la that are doing that too um and it seems to be at least like somewhat helpful for them every time i've seen videos of it there's like tons of cars you know um and I mean, who knows, maybe the same thing will happen with the film industry. Maybe we'll have like tons of drive-in movie theaters again. Personally, I think that would be really cool. Um, it does suck that like, obviously this is the world now, at least, you know, for now. But um, yeah, I, I think eventually it'll return to the way it was. Um, I just think that it'll be different. I don't think it will really ever be 100% the same. I think there will be certain people that maybe have, you know, mask mandates for every venue or, um, I mean, I don't even know what it's going to look like in terms of vaccinations. I I have no idea how it's going to go. Um, I've heard a lot of different opinions on that. Um, I, I think the, the biggest problem though is going to be that a lot of the venues that were around and especially available for smaller artists are not going to be around. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be afraid to open new venues as well. Um, so I, I think that's going to be probably the biggest challenge is that, you know, even now, like for 2021 and 2022, um, it seems like the bands that, that are at the top, like the bands that would be headlining festivals and stuff, they're, you know, they're already planning their tours because they want to get a good slot. And so you had all these venues closed and then the venues that are left open, they're going to have to accommodate those acts because those are the musicians that are bringing in more money. So mm-hmm. I think that I think it will recover, but I think it's going to take honestly a few years. And I think that it, there probably will just be less live opportunities for smaller bands, just in in the sense that like there's going to be less use for. Them. Yeah, it's it's a difficult question. Now we, um, as as you know, it's rock and vino, so um, we do also delve into the uh, the wine world here, and uh, so do you. You uh, do some some wine blogging, uh, beer and wine blogs. Was that uh, was that a passion you had before you moved out here, or was that something you found in California? 
So yeah, I started doing that more during the pandemic just because it was fun and I wanted to explore California wines a lot more. Um, I have always been interested in wine, but I honestly didn't know much about it. It, you know, it was just like me being like a broke college kid, just drinking, you know, um, yellowtail or (laughs) or whatever. Um, So, you know, I was, I definitely was not a wine enthusiast like two or three years ago. Um, but it was something that I always wanted to get into. I just like, I didn't really know how I didn't know where to start. So moving to California was actually pretty perfect because like I live near Livermore. So there's tons of wineries there. And then Napa is like an hour away. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did start getting into that. I started going to a lot of Livermore wineries and trying things and just kind of like figuring out my palate and, you know, like, okay, what should I look for and what do I like or what do I not like? Um, so it's actually been really fun because I've been able to kind of explore something that I wanted to explore for a while, but I didn't really know where to start. So the blog is just kind of like me bumbling around, like trying different things and writing about it. Um, but yeah, I've definitely found a lot of cool wines, um, around, around California. What have been um, this some new blog wine is kind of just like funny, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> what have been um, some of your favorite wines from Livermore that you've found? Um, so I've been to, let me see, I've been to a lot of different, different ones. I'm trying to think of. Um, so I like to go for wine tastings, like to have more, you know, an experience, like not just necessarily the taste of the wine. Um, so I do think that one of the wineries that does the best wine tastings, like in person is Las Positas, mm-hmm. um, because they had, uh, earlier this year, they kept doing like gingerbread cookie. Um, I, I'm sorry, not gingerbread cookie, Girl Scout cookie pairings. Ah. So they would have, like, yeah. So they would have like a whole wine flight and they would pair it with like, one was like paired with thin mints. I was like, how is this going to taste good? It was amazing. <laughs> nice. That's a, see, that's so fun. That's so fun. Yeah, exactly. So I was really impressed with that. I thought that was super creative because I was like, how am I going to eat this thin mint and then, <laughs> and then have a glass of wine? That sounds insane. But it like whatever they did, it, it was working. So, um, so that was really cool. Um, I've been to Dante Ribere. I've been to... Um, Three Steves, I, the glass I'm drinking from right now is from Three Steves. Hmm. Um, I'm trying. Oh, there's one called Cedar Mountain. Mm-hmm. I really like that one. They have port as well. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Um, they they seemed really nice. They're, they're very, like, they're kind of tucked away in the back somewhere on, like, a farm <laughs> um it's it's not like a flashy winery at all it's very much a hidden kind of and they don't um they don't seem to do a lot of like advertising or anything like not a lot of people actually know about them mm. but they have a great selection um i think the guy that owns it like i think he was like a physicist at the livermore lab for a while uh. i ended up talking to him for a little bit when i went um and he's like super friendly they're all really nice um so I, I definitely have really pleasant experiences there. <laughs> I'm sad now because we're in lockdown, so I can't just 
Oh, that's right. Right. So did you have you ordered a bunch of wine during lockdown to keep you hold you over until until we open back up again? Um, yeah, a little bit. I I just kind of like go to Total Wine and browse. Nice. <laughs> um, right now, I I just got a bottle of Radius wine. Um, it is California based. They also, I think, have some in Seattle. Um, but it's a Radius red blend. It's like a um, red. Yeah, it's a black bottle and it has a red label for the the Seattle-based one, and then the California-based one is like a whitish, bluish label. But anyway, um, it's honestly like one of the best red blends I think I've had in a long time. Um, it's I, I know at Total Wine it was rated like one of their top rated or something like that. But yeah, it's called Radius, and it's their red blend. Um, nice. So I've been drinking a lot of that. <laughs> Do you typically when you when you search for like a new wine, are you? Um basing your choice off of like the label the marketing behind it or are you kind of basing it off of um the varietal and where it comes from like what makes you choose a wine to pick off the shelf so originally i was doing kind of like my own little experiment where i would only go by the label because I thought it was funny. And um, I noticed, I like I put this in my blog originally, I noticed that a lot of um, these brands were using like very dark imagery and like gothic cultural, you know, wording and symbols. Like, um, I'm trying to think of an example now. Like, like the Radius blend, for example, I think it has like a moon image or something there there's like a wine called seven moons and witching hour and things like that so i started realizing this and you know i like gothic culture and stuff so i was like okay this is cool and then i was like wait are these wines actually good like is this just are, are they just, you know right like are they just doing this to get people to drink it i i don't know <laughs> um, so i i started getting like only the ones that were gothic and you know dark um and it turns out i actually do enjoy most of them and i think most of them are very good so i don't know i don't know if it's just the the marketing i don't <laughs> i i think that it works i guess i'm drinking more of it because of that so clearly they're getting one extra customer from it perfect um, <laughs> yeah so i i have been going by the label mostly for that but um in the future i i won't i'll i'll definitely expand my palette more but currently I'm doing that just kind of for fun nice and now when you're writing your music and you're kind of getting yourself in the zone do you find yourself popping open a bottle and enjoying a glass of wine to kind of help you help you help you get there um sometimes I do yeah I used to do that a lot with um the novarium stuff I was writing actually because um I was writing a lot of that in the winter in Massachusetts when I was back there. So like also it was really cold in my house. <laughs> um, so I would have like a rum and Coke or I'd have like some red wine. Cause that band is definitely a Gothic rock metal band. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I feel like that kind of helped a little bit, but um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't always drink when I'm writing. Um, I think like, 
if I had to drink every time, that would be pretty unhealthy. But, <laughs> right. but, um, but yeah, it can definitely be helpful if you know, like, what the sweet spot is. Like, maybe not three glasses of wine, but, like, <laughs> one or two is right. great. It can be very creative. Yeah. And you are, if I'm not mistaken, also a, a rum connoisseur now. Did that, did that come before yeah. wine? Yeah, that definitely came before wine. Yep. Ooh, rum is so good. What's your favorite rum? I love rum, too. <laughs> uh, so I I love Captain Morgan. Um, unfortunately, I can just, like, drink it right from the bottle. Like it's, <laughs> you know, apple juice or something, which is bad. Um, so I try not to do that very often. Um, so I really like that. I love spice rum. Mm. There's actually a rum that I tried Um it's definitely more expensive than Captain Morgan. Unfortunately, I can't remember the name of it, but it comes in like a, um, it, it just looks like more of a pirate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not descriptive at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> Have you tried a Diplomatico rum? It's in a, it comes in a, well, there's a couple of them, but one of them comes in an all black bottle. No, I don't know that one. I'm going to write that down. It's fantastic. Diplomatico. Cool. It's really delish. No, I'm looking it up. definitely like broaden my horizons. So I started broadening my horizons with wine. So I need to do that with rum. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. Nice. Now for the, I mean, you mentioned you're going to have um, new music coming out monthly here is, I mean, I assume be able to find those in all the play, all the streaming services on your website and anywhere music is offered at this point, I assume. Yes, absolutely. So I have um, my next song, Shadows, is coming out January 4th. And then Headache, um, I believe it's coming out February 12th. And then I have another song coming out in March called My Garden. Um, and those are those are the only ones I'm talking about so far right now. Um, but yes, they will all be available on my Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, title anywhere that you can get music um also another thing is that they will all have a music video attached with them so my youtube is just youtube.com slash jenjanet and that's a great way to find all the videos there if people want to subscribe um so currently i have two singles out right now for my solo project so i am hoping to get all these songs out um you know within the beginning of the next year and see if i can get more get more music videos out as well. I really like that medium to tell stories Mm -hmm. through a music video. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be awesome. Now, who helps you make your music videos? Um, So the first one I did, um, I worked with King Wolf Creative and they're an agency out of um, Connecticut, actually. And they were awesome. They were a great team. Um, So that was for the song Possession. But for all of my other music videos, I'm actually doing them myself. Hmm. So uh, I do have someone who helps me film. Um, But then it's really just me and him filming. And, um, you know, like I I do all the creative direction. I do like storyboarding. Um, I do all the editing. So it's something that I, it's very time consuming, but I started doing it a few years ago just for fun and I really, really like it. So I am hoping to direct many more music videos in the future. Um, I might work with a couple of people though, eventually, 
Um, but for this round of songs, it's all going to be from me. Nice. Love it. I mean, music videos are so great. I feel like it's in kind of an underappreciated and then sometimes forgotten medium. But when done right, man, it can it can change a whole song for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I definitely seek out music videos to watch just for fun, like by myself. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't know if, if other people do that, but it, for me, it's like watching a movie. Like, I just, I love it. I just want more music videos to watch. <laughs> Same. I, I actually just the other night spent like my whole night just rummaging through music videos one after the other. And it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. I love it. Yes. Um. So, um. so Jen Janet, so, um, for those of you that are listening, you can find Jen at jenjanet.com and all of her socials and music and videos and all the fun things that she does. Um, but before we end, I have one question for you that I love to ask everybody. And that is on a good day, um, what will you be enjoying in regards to what will you be drinking? What will you be eating? And what will you be listening to? Ooh, okay. Um, on a good day, I will be eating, let's see, red velvet cupcakes. Oh, yum. Wow. <laughs> Going straight for dessert. Maybe, I like it. I like it. Maybe like, you know, chocolate lava cake or something. <laughs> um, enjoying a good red blend. <laughs> Love a good red blend. Um, and what will I be listening to? Let's see. I've been listening to a lot of Paris lately. Um, pro- yeah, probably their new album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I've been listening to lately. <laughs> I love it. That's great. A cool, s- cool. <laughs> a solid mix right there. So find uh, find Jen Janet online on on socials. Find uh, find Rock and Mino online <laughs> on socials as well. Uh, you'd, like and subscribe and you'll you'll get more episodes delivered and uh, there'll be more episodes along the way and hopefully more things to do. All the good stuff. <laughs> I do have a quick question for you guys actually. Oh. What do you recommend for wine? What are your favorite wines? Ooh, oh. well, um, that depends on my mood. I would say I typically tend to go for a Pinot Noir. Like that's my favorite, a Burgundian style Pinot Noir. Um, but I do love a good Malbec or a Merlot. I know that Merlot is kind of a, a hated on grape ever since that movie came out. Sideways. Oh, I love Merlot. But Merlot is fantastic. It's making it's making a comeback. Um, and then I like a good rosé or a good sparkling. And a sparkling rosé is like money. <laughs> um, so I would say those are like, those are my go-tos for sure. Nice. How about you, Mike? Yeah, I, I still need to just follow recommendations. I'm, I'm the... <laughs> I, I like two years in. I'm still like the the wine newbie, so I just need people to tell me what it tastes like, and I go. Oh, I think it you've that. done you've done pretty good. I've done okay. You've my, done my palate's good. getting better. I couldn't offhand just start throwing out like tasting notes, but uh, no. I will say though, if I'm listening to some rock and roll music, uh, stick for the white wine because you don't want any spills. It's easier to clean up than red wine. <laughs> Functional. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But. I love all wine. Yeah, there's not many wines that I dislike. How do you feel about Chardonnay? <laughs> what? Which one? Chardonnay. Oh, I actually like Chardonnay. Um, I think sometimes, like, 
if it's super buttery, it's a little weird, but it, it can be good, like, especially if it's chilled. I'm okay with Chardonnay. Good. Yeah. It's, it can be a polarizing grape. Some people, like, they love it or they're just like, no, I'm not going to drink it. But yeah. I, I like it. I like a good Chardonnay. Chardonnay is controversial? I had no idea. Oh, for sure. Ah. Uh, oh, yeah. Very controversial. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been such a pleasure. I like it. What's that? Oh, no, I was just saying I don't know many of my friends that actually enjoy Chardonnay. Yeah, I know. It, it is. It's one of those those varietals that it kind of takes time to work up to. It's like it's the biggest of the white wines as well. has like the most structure and body to it. So I think for a lot of people that like um, like beer and stuff, they're like, oh, this is this is too much for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, but it has been um, such a pleasure um chatting with you and checking out all your stuff so excited for all of your new music to be released in 2021 hopefully you'll get out on tour next year as well just like everybody else and um and if you ever come up to wine country give us a call and come hang out awesome sounds great (laughs) thanks for having me thank you and thanks so much to everybody for listening